And yes, there, there will be extra goodies there today because what we had to purchase for our lunch, which is, remember, just I want to remind you online, if you're just catching this memo, in case you forgot what Matt just said, our newcomer's lunch is postponed to next Sunday, March 5th. We just wanted to give an opportunity just because we knew the attendance would be lower in person because of the snow. Um, we wanted more people to be able to have the opportunity to come to lunch. So next Sunday, March 5th, Newcomer's Lunch. You want to be there. If you have not, if you've been, just come to the church for the last few months and you want to know about us. All right. Well, I get the honor of continuing our series on Psalm 23, which we are almost done, and we're on the last two verses, and it has been such a rich, rich series. I have loved going line upon line and verse upon verse and just letting this very familiar psalm of Psalm 23 that many people know. I mean, they quote it at funerals. I feel like even non-Christians can, like, recite this Psalm 23, but to be able to hear it from a fresh perspective and just go slowly through it and just see how it parallels our life has just been so amazing. I have loved every Sunday that we have gone deeper into this psalm. For those of you who are new or online and don't know who I am, my name is Tanya and my husband and I, Matt, we lead, uh, we're the lead pastors at this church alongside with pastors Mike and Ev who lead with us as well and we are so glad you are here. You're new. Glad if you're online as well. Grateful for online. In this, you know, on a day like today when there's snow everywhere, and I'm like so grateful that people can just stay home and be safe and catch us online. <laughs> so thank you that you're online, everyone. Um, but yes, we get to go through Psalm 23, and today we're going to camp out on verse five. But before we jump into that, I want to read through the whole Psalm 23, so you can put it up on the screen. Now, the last couple weeks, Pastor Mike and and Matt have had you all read out loud, but I want to do something different, and I want to read it over you. And so you can read up there, read along with me quietly in your head. You can close your eyes and just let the words sink in deep, but I'm going to read it out loud over you. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen, amen. I just, when I read that psalm, there's like a exhale that comes over my spirit. He leads you by still waters. He restores your soul. He sets a table. He prepares a table for you. He anoints your head with oil. Just all these promises are just rich, and they just, when I read it, you're comforting me. I do not need to fear. You're restoring me. You're leading me in the paths of righteousness. You're leading me beside still waters. And I don't need to have it all figured out this life. And that's what I just, I love the psalm for that. Let's pray and then let's dive into verse 5. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for this day, for this snow at the 
end of February. Nobody really wants it, but we're thankful for it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can gather here in this place, Lord Jesus, that we can gather online and here in person, and we can worship you. We can um, be touched by you in your presence. Thank you that your, your presence is so strong and real. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your word is living and active, and we get to learn from it and dive deeply into it and receive new revelation and fresh revelation from it so we can be changed and we can grow in our relationship with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, would you speak to our hearts today? Would these very familiar passages come to life in a new way this morning? That's what I pray, Lord Jesus, that there would be a new revelation for each person here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. The table has been set for you and I. Provision is here. There's abundance. It speaks of abundance and running over. This table has been prepared. Preparations have been made. We're going to look at the journey of the shepherd, a real shepherd, and his sheep and his flock of sheep and how it parallels with you, you and I and our relationship and our journey with the Lord in our lives. And I, I've been fascinated as we've studied and delved kind of into the life of a shepherd, a real shepherd. This is written by David, and he was a shepherd for many, many years before he became King David that we all know of as well. But so this, this picture into a shepherd leading and tending and caring for his sheep and how it applies to us and the Lord, the Heavenly Father being our shepherd. And I love how Matt has said so many times when he preached on that first one, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. That brings such a confidence. He's my shepherd. I follow him and him alone. He is mine. And um, I just love studying and learning about what the shepherds actually do with the sheep and how it applies to us. So I want to set the picture, first of all, of preparation. It says, you prepare a table before me. You prepare. So there's preparation to be made. And a shepherd, in the summertime months, okay, a shepherd is going to be planning to bring his flock of sheep to the highlands. To, it's called Elplands, Tablelands. And it's also known, these highlands, as a mesa. And that's a Spanish word for table. Also the African word for table, mesa. And so the shepherd's goal, as summer is approaching or as he knows it's coming, is that he wants to bring his sheep up to this highland. But before he does that, even before all the snow is melted into the springtime, he's going to go before and survey and look out. And the things that he's preparing and looking for is he's surveying the land, what's the vegetation like, where are going to be the areas where it's rich and it'll be great for the, his flock to to feed on, to graze on. Where is it going to not be so good? He's checking where would be the great places that he could camp, and he might move to a few places throughout the summer months. But he's on a mission, and that is to get ready for bringing his flock. But he goes before. He doesn't just bring them all up and then kind of just spare them. Oh, well, yeah, don't go over here. Don't go over here. But he's checking. He's also checking for weeds, poisonous weeds. And then he's either going to stay away from that area or 
um, as I was studying for it in the book by Philip Keller about the shepherd's heart, he will spend a lot of the preparation months of late spring just trying to get rid of those uh, weeds. And it's a lot of the shepherd's time to eradicate the weeds and get rid of them entirely so that it won't even be um, a little bit of a temptation for the sheep or a problem that might kill them. He's also clearing, the shepherd's clearing water holes or springs that have collected debris over the winter months, leaves, dirt, all those kind of things. And so there is, a t- and he's clearing it out, getting it clear so that the water holes for the sheep are clean and pure, making sure that things are ready, making sure that it will be a good place for them to feast on, to rest in, to graze on, to drink from, all of the things that the, sh- the shepherd's waiting or, or is preparing for his sheep. He's also checking for signs of predators. What kind of predators may be there, may be um, a threat as he brings up his sheep, which there always will be, looking for coyotes, bears, uh, coyotes, wolves, cougars, those kind of things. And he's on the watch for that. And then when he does bring his sheep up, and he makes a couple trips, he'll make a that the enemy walks about like a roaring lion, seeing who he can devour. And the, Lord, and the shepherd, the good shepherd, and the physical shepherd, is very aware of the danger of those kind of animals, what it would be to the sheep. And our father, our good shepherd, is very aware of what that... Um, of what, that, what the enemy can do. He's out to get us. He is out to get us. And sometimes we minimize it, but it is true. There is an enemy. And um, in the book that, we were studying, that I was studying from, Philip Keller talks about how when sheep would be attacked, it would be the ones that had drifted and wandered off from the flock because usually they all are kind of like traveling in a flock, but the ones that would drift and wander away and go to a different watering hole – Quite obviously, that makes sense, right? They would be the one that would be just so open to an attack by a coyote or something like that because they're off on their own. They're not in the protection of the shepherd. So the sheep was always aware, looking out. Oh, let's, you know, is there some, oh, I, one's wandering off. Got to bring them in, bring them in. But so much like us, isn't it? How we can tend to drift and wander off in our life. That is a constant thing that we're, uh, that we are battling in our humanness, isn't it? That we drift, we wander and it is constant, a constant discipline for us to be bringing ourselves back to God. Oh, my thoughts. Oh, I'm drifting. Oh, I've gotten worried. Oh, there's anxieties. Oh, I'm really concerned about this. Oh, this is taking over. This fear is consuming me. This concern, this worry, all of those kind of things. We drift, and it's so easy to drift away from the Father, away from the shepherd, and, and then let and the enemy can get in there and mess with our minds and mess with our things. And so it's a constant realigning ourselves back to God. Like the sheep needing to come back to the flock, to the safety of the shepherd. Stay with him. Stay close to our Heavenly Father. Stay close to our Good Shepherd. 
it's like a warning. Don't get off too far because you're open to attack. You're open. Stay close. Be in tune with him. Quote by Philip Keller says, Our great good shepherd is going ahead of us in every situation. He is anticipating what danger we may encounter, and he's praying for us that, it, that in it we might not succumb. Just like the earthly shepherd, right, going before. He also says, God wants our mountaintop times, the times when we're on the highlands, to be tranquil interludes. And they will be, they can be, if we just have the common sense to stay near him, where he can protect us, read his word each day, spend time talking with him. It's an invitation as our Heavenly Father, our Good Shepherd, goes before, he's preparing, he's set a table for us. He's made the preparations. He's Just like the shepherd with his sheep, our Heavenly Father is preparing this table, and there's an invitation to come. Yes. Come. Will you abide? Will you come and commune with your Good Shepherd at the table? On the highland, will you make time? Will you get into the secret place? It's such a constant battle. When's the last time that you've just spent time with Jesus just because? Got into his word, just you and him, because you needed a fresh word to speak to your heart. This is amazing, the corporate gathering. This is so great, and we have so many great resources and podcasts you can listen to, different sermons and different teachings, and it's all so good. But have you spent time at the table, communing with Jesus? Have you spent time abiding with him? James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near. Draw near. He cares so much. He's prepared for you. He's just waiting there. He's, you know, I remember when I was in youth group, and it has stuck with me all these years when I was a teenager. Because someone shared this story. I heard it from some youth pastor, maybe some youth leader. And said, when you get up in the morning and you want to have quiet time, you pretend that you have a, there's like Jesus sitting right there. Like a mat. Because he is right there. Don't pretend. He's right there. But like have a table there or a chair there for him. Or just imagine him there. Use your imagination. And then... Just imagine his joy as you come and you sit down with your word in the morning and you just talk to him or you just say, good morning, God, keep me awake, please. I just want to give this day to you. And, and then on the other hand, they said, but imagine Jesus is sitting there because he's always there and you just like run by. Ah, too busy this morning. Oh, too many things. Oh, I pushed snooze way too many times. Oh my word, I'm going to be late. Oh my goodness, the kids need to get to school. Oh, I'm really late for work. All the things. Just imagine him sitting there. I don't know, that has stuck with me forever, obviously. I, I can just picture Jesus on the days when I'm running out of time. And Jesus just patiently waiting. And he is always patiently waiting. But he is there. His table's set. He's prepared. He's inviting you to come. Come. Let us be people who come and feast at the table Come up to the highlands that he's prepared, the mesa, the table that he has prepared for you and me. John 15 verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I will abide in you. He cares. Don't let yourself drift too far. Don't drift too far. 
Come back to him. He's always there. He's always waiting. He's always there. Oh, good morning, you came. Oh, good afternoon, you came. Oh, good evening, you came. He's there all the time. He's there waiting. Remain. Hear his voice above all the rest. That is such a constant struggle for me and a discipline that I'm always, you know, there's so much noise in my head, so many voices, so many opinions, so many things that we can listen to, good and bad. But am I listening for the one voice above all the rest? And the only way that I can really be in tune to that is time with him at the table that he has prepared for me. Feast on the provision of the land that the shepherd has prepared. Enjoy his presence. Seek him. And this is his promise to us, church, that he is going to anoint your head, my head, with oil. And our cup will run over. There's abundance, great provision at his table. You anoint my head with oil. Now, going back to the shepherd and this picture of the shepherd and what the shepherd does with oil. And I just thought this, again, was so fascinating. I'm like, how? This, the word of God is so living, and the way it applies to our life just blows my mind. When you study into it, it's amazing. Psalm 23 is so crazy. When Matt told me we're going to go verse by verse on Psalm 23 for a series, I was like, really? Really? That's like the most common Psalm 23? What are we going to dig out of that? And then I started reading the book, and I started studying a little more, and everyone's been teaching and preaching. It just blows my mind. God is so good. God is so good. Um, so, says in verse 5, you anoint my head with oil. So in the summertime, the sheep are up on the highlands. The shepherd has made his way there. They found camp. They are feasting on the provision, the sheep. Some of them are drifting off, and sometimes there's attack. There's lots for the shepherd to be watching out and doing. But the other thing that the shepherd has to be watching for is insects. And insects, and you know, Matt alluded to this when he was teaching on a couple of the verses before this, um, about the insects that are such an irritant to the sheep, and especially flies. Like, there's mosquitoes, there's parasites, there's lots of things, but the flies are, like, detrimental to the sheep, and they wreak havoc in the flock because the flies buzz around, and the sheep get, like, erratic, and they get frantic, and they're running to and from to get away from them, and they're stamping their feet because they do not want the flies to get into their noses. And Matt kind of alluded to this, it's the grossest thing, but they will get into the sheep's nose and, like, lay eggs, and then go up in their head when they hatch, and then make the sheep go insane because they're buzzing around. And so then sheep go around and are banging their heads on tree stumps and rocks and the ground and, like, going insane, basically. And, of course, all this behavior, this chaotic, erratic behavior, like, overflows into the whole flock. Even if they don't have the flies, you've got sheep going all over the place and running to and fro, and there is no peace in the flock. Nobody is like lying by still waters. There's no sheep like calmly. It's like there's like turmoil in the camp, in the flock. They're not really camp, but in the, in the flock of sheep. And so what the shepherd, his job to do, first of all, is he wants to get ahead of the insects from the flies in the first place because he wants them to not even get to the sheep, but they will inevitably sometimes do that. Um, but he will make a substance an ointment out of oil and spices and sometimes some tar. And he proactively will like smear the head and the nose area of the sheep to prevent the flies from coming near. And actually it keeps the flies away. And this Philip Keller, who was a shepherd for many years, he said that actually just the 
the action of doing that, like of smearing the oil on this face and the nose, like calmed the sheep. Like, like you could just watch their behavior. Just, they would like go to the streams. They would start to, like there was just none of this like, back and forth. Like you can just imagine the chaos, right? Banging their heads and people, right? They said the baby ooze would not, um, they wouldn't melt from their mother because everyone was like just stressed. So then babies were like losing weight and pass, like dying, like little lambs. Like there was like great chaos when these flies were present. But if they, if the shepherd was right on it and treating it, there was a peace that would come on them. And I just couldn't believe that. The oil, an oil ointment being smeared on their heads could bring the peace. And just as with the sheep, we need the oil of the Holy Spirit to bring our thought life, to bring our minds into peace. What's irritating you? What's bugging you? That is a question Matt asked a couple weeks ago. What is nagging at you? What's in your head and you cannot get out? An anxiety, a stress, a fear. There are so many things that go on in our mind. It's a real struggle. We are not immune from it because we're Christians. We struggle with our thoughts and our minds and what we're dealing with. And we need the oil of the Holy Spirit. I was reading this this week. I was, I was studying and I was reading the book by Philip Keller and he was talking about this oil and I hadn't even got to the part where he was kind of making the application. But of course, the application is quite obvious about needing the oil of the Holy Spirit. But I like began to tear up reading just what about the shepherd putting oil and tar and spices on the sheep and them calming because I'm like, oh, I need that, God. I need your oil. I need that today. In my busy day, as I'm trying to carve out a little bit of time to actually get to read this book because I'm too busy to read the book. And as I quieted my soul, and I actually said, Lord, bring this, bring this oil to my troubled, frantic thoughts and minds. And I felt it. I felt his presence just come on Wednesday, random Wednesday, in my living room. And then I proceeded to read, and then I was reading back into verse 5. It says, you anoint my head with oil. He anoints us. He wants to bring peace. He wants his spirit to be so saturated, that you would be so saturated, that you and I would be so saturated in his oil that the peace of God would rule and reign. And there couldn't just be one application of this oil ointment. It was like the shepherd's job through the summer months to be continuously like, it's not just like, oh, one and done. Like, oh, I'm going to make sure they all are They've got their oil on their heads and their noses. We're good to go. Job done. Check. No, no, no. Like, it was, like, on the shepherd's radar always. As soon as he would see the flies starting to come a little bit more, he was on it. Isn't that so true about us and the Holy Spirit and needing fresh oil, fresh anointing from the Holy Spirit every single day? It's not good enough just to live on a scripture or a word that you got a couple weeks ago. Or Now, those are good. His promises are true, and you can stand on them. And yes, there is a time and a place. Yes, we stand upon the word of God for years and his promises. We build our life upon that. But I'm talking about coming to him again, coming to the table to commune and say, Lord Jesus, today is full. This week is crazy. Or my kids have this thing that I'm you know, I'm carrying the weight of this. And Lord, these finances are just weighing us down. Lord, this diagnosis that I have, I don't know what to do. Father, I'm weak. And all the things that we face come into him. 
saying, I need you. I need the oil of the Holy Spirit to revive my soul, to refresh my soul, to soften my heart that's growing hard and crusty because life is just getting me down. I need your oil every day, every day, not just like once, but every day. Fresh anointing, fresh oil. Come, Holy Spirit, anoint us every day. Give us scriptures and promises that carry us through. Give us words. And you know what? How does the Holy Spirit speak? He can speak through scripture. He can speak through a friend or a loved one that is speaking to you and you're sharing in someone who loves the Lord and can speak into a situation. That has happened so many times to me. It can happen as you're listening to a word, a sermon, a teaching. There's so many ways that the Holy Spirit can speak to you and refresh you and bring his anointing and especially in worship like we just had that time with the Lord of just being in his presence, refreshing, renewing, restoring as we're in his presence. What is stressing you? What is causing you anxiety today? What is irritating you and kind of getting in the way of your focus on Jesus? We need the Holy Spirit and his anointing and his fresh oil to help us respond to the things that come at us every day. The work, family, relationships, our health, our finances, all those things I mentioned before. Romans 8 verse 6 says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Peace in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your fears and anxieties. Peace. Life and peace. I cling on to that scripture a lot. I'm like, Lord, I want to be spiritually minded. I don't want to get caught up in the world's thinking carnally minded and let the world's view take over what the world is saying about something. Or I don't want to get caught there. I don't want to live in this mediocre level here. I want to get up to your level and see things as you see them and speak your truth over them and remind me, Lord, of the truth of the situation. May we be a people that are spiritually minded because that is what brings life and peace, the spirit, fresh oil. Flesh leads to death and chaos. Remember those sheep being irritated and bugged? The spirit leads to life and peace. It's so important to live with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, in a world of the flesh. We live in a world that everyone is just after their own desires and, and fulfilling this, what they want, what the flesh wants. We need the Holy Spirit to purge those sinful ways, those sinful thoughts, so that he can have rule and control over our minds. Right? Right? All right. And then the last part is my cup runs over. An overflow. Abundance. And now in the life of a shepherd, in his journey with his sheep, now as summertime ends and he is going to be starting to think of making his way back to the home ranch with his flock. And so he's bringing them all. So they've been at the highlands and he's gotten through. Now the insects are not an issue. Um, They're not a threat anymore. And now he's going to be making his way back with his sheep. And he's coming back, but now there's a lot of storms, fluke blizzards, that they will encounter in those like fall months as they're making their way back. And he said there's so many times sheep can get really wet and cold and damp. And if they're not like staying in with the flock again, 
you're not staying in community, there's like a word there, you know, you got to stay in, you got to stay close to Jesus, you got to stay close to your people, your relationships, your friends, this church, you got to stay close because there's comfort and there's warmth there and there's truth there and we can keep reminding you who you are, we can keep reminding you to keep your focus on Jesus, that's stay close, stay close to Jesus, stay close to your people, the people of God, that is a word because when the sheep get off in their journey back, Some of them get really wet, really cold and chilled, and they'll just kind of crumble down and fall down. Again, an attentive shepherd is on the watch for that kind of thing as he's going through the storm with his sheep. He's not just like running up ahead. Like through this whole process, shepherd's job is to be with his sheep, just like our shepherd is with us all the time. Going through these storms, going through the blizzards, and he sees these ones stumbling by his by the side, by the way, or getting a little far off because they've gotten off from the group and now they're cold and wet. And he'll have a substance with him, the shepherd, of um, brandy and water. And when he sees one of the sheep struggling, he goes to them and he like just pushes it down their throat, shoves it down their throat. And almost instantly, there's like energy and life brought back into that little sheep, that little lamb. And then that sheep can continue. Gets, get them in the flock, get them going. Here we go. Oh, another one's by the side. Shepherd's pouring in that, giving his overflow, his cup to the sheep so that then they can continue on in the journey. They can continue on. There's renewed energy. They're up on their feet, and so it is with our, our shepherd. You can see the parallel again. He's with us. Emmanuel God with us. He is with you. He is with me. We're not on this journey by ourselves. He is with us through the storm, right? Just last week, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. He's with us, Emmanuel, God with us. That's not just for Christmas season. That's not just for Advent season. That's for today, February 26th, and next month, March, and April, and May, and June, and Monday, and Tuesday. He is with us always, walking through and attentive to our needs. And he has provision. Again, he's prepared for us. He's prepared. This this picture of the shepherd pouring out of his overflow, out of his cup, so that I can overflow, so that I can be filled up. So I can go, be refreshed and renewed. In Isaiah 30, 15, which was the scripture that we really were sitting on in January as a church that Matt and I felt very strongly with the, about the word release. And our scripture was Isaiah 30, 15. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and trust shall be your strength. Come back to Jesus. Stay close to him. It, you don't have to worry about all the other things. It's actually simple, but very hard to do. Stay close to him. Focus on him. Keep seeking him. Keep coming back to him. In Acts 3, verse 19, it says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Refreshing and renewing from our good shepherd. His overflow can pour into us when we are open to receive it. That's what he wants to do. This morning in worship was that. It was all about that. We could just open up our hearts and just let his presence refresh and restore and renew. Cup 
is overflowing. Maybe you came in here empty and feeling dry. Well, our prayer, my prayer is that you will leave feeling filled up and overflowing as you go out and you're going out to your work, you're going out to your neighbors, you're going out to your volunteer, you're going out to your families, and there's an overflow because you've spent time in the presence of the Lord and you've been filled up. And it's not, it doesn't just happen here at church. That's an awesome place for it to happen. Do not forsake this gathering. But it happens anytime, any place, in your car, in your quiet place, in your closet, in your secret place with the Lord, in your walk with your dog, out on, the, in, on a better day than today. And so <laughs> the, Jesus will meet you and he will overflow his blessing and his goodness and his presence to you so that you do not have to walk this journey alone. You do not have to do it alone. He's there for you. He's with you. He is with you. He prepares a table for us. And the invitation is to abide and to come and be with him. Hear his voice above all the rest. Meet with him. He's waiting. He's prepared. And he's inviting you to come. You anoint my head with oil. Receive it. Be open to receive that oil what is getting at you, what's eating away at you, what's making you become bitter, frustrated, sad, angry, stressed. Let his oil, fresh oil, come and purify your thoughts. Let him give you the mind of Christ. Let him give you God thoughts and let him bring peace. Remember, spiritually minded is life and peace. And get it every day, a fresh, fresh application. Don't be content with, oh, I got a great scripture two weeks ago. That was amazing. But, like, it can happen all the time. So don't, don't just, like, like, get greedy for a word from the Lord. Get greedy to hear his voice, and he will respond. And also the rest of the, the verse, my cup runs over. There's an overflow. There's an overflow coming from the King of Kings, from the Lord of Lords, from the creator of the whole earth who longs to be your shepherd, your provider, your king, your best friend. And there's an overflow that can spill out if we are open. And he wants to refresh and renew. And he promises to be with us and to comfort us and to restore and renew us and keep us close if we are trying our best to stay aligned with the group. Stay aligned to him. He wants to refresh and renew us. He wants a people that are hungry for him and pursuing him and coming to the table, coming to the highlands, to the mesa, to eat and be filled to overflowing and letting him anoint. Anoint us so that we can go out and be an overflow to those around us in the worlds that he in the worlds that he has put us in. Amen. 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 I just want to pray for us. We're going to just wrap up here. I just want to pray that this word would just really take root and you would think about it, you'd meditate it. Get into Psalm 23, read it this week. Remind yourself and don't let it just be like, "Oh, that was a good word," but refresh yourself in this and and let it speak to you. Let God remind you and speak something fresh to you. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word. 
Father, thank you that your word is alive and that it is not stale. It is not old. It's not an old book of old scriptures, even though it is an old book with old scriptures, but there is life, the Holy Spirit, life and power and anointing comes through and it can speak to us right now today in our daily walk and in what we're facing, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that. Father, I pray that this word would just work on our hearts, Lord Jesus, that, Father, it someone that has listened, all of us that have heard this, Father, that it would encourage us, that it would change us, even our outlook, that it would challenge and inspire us to come and abide with you, to draw near to you, to come and feast at the table that you have prepared. Thank you that you're such a good shepherd. Thank you that you go before us. Thank you that you are always attentive to our needs, and you are always watching out, and you're protecting us from the enemy, and you're wanting to give us your overflow, and you're there for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord Jesus, and we want to come. We want to draw near and be close to you and follow after you, Lord Jesus. I pray that over us. Lord, I pray that everybody would be blessed this week, Father, as they go and they do go to their workplaces and they go in their homes and the people that they meet, Lord Jesus. Father, may we overflow your love and your your peace and your joy and your hope to those that we come into contact this week, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Amen.